0: Across the campus, your college sports podcast presented by ATBSports.net. I'm Alex, the captain, joined by AJ, the guru. What's going on, everybody? All right, AJ, we got a lot to talk about today. (sighs) Yes. Conference championships. I'm going to let you kind of dive into this one first. You were at the Big Ten Championship this weekend. And it uh, looked like you had a blast.
1: It was a good time, yeah. I uh you know, we were lucky enough to be able to put some stuff on Twitter during uh, before the game. Rather, mm. do a little Q and A. Uh, once we got into the stadium, though, for people for people who have been to Lucas Oil, it's a solid metal roof, and nothing comes in and nothing goes out. <laughs> so I had no reception during the game. Uh, the only thing that was, like, the only time it ever goes out is when the roof is open and. For some reason, they never do that. I've been to like games in August and September, and the roof's always closed.
0: I was going to say, I've never seen them open that no. roof before. So No, and uh, there's a
1: window on the north side of the stadium that's opened, or that they can't open, and uh, kickers absolutely hate it because it makes it a wind tunnel. And so, um, <laughs> But yeah, we're now to the Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship, as we mentioned. Uh, a little scary there to begin with. Uh, the Buckeyes kind of came out kind of flat there, I thought, and really were really being out coached. Um mm-hmm. You know, for whatever, you know, what Wisconsin was doing, Ohio State couldn't counter it really until late on late in the second quarter uh, when Dobbins was able to get into the end zone finally. But right after that, obviously, Wisconsin went down with 38 seconds to go and scored going into halftime. And that was really it for them there, their 21 points. And obviously, they shut, they shut the Badgers out 27 nothing uh, mm-hmm. to finish out the game. But we've talked about it before, and I talked about it with a few of my buddies at the game uh, who came in from Columbus. And the difference between this team and la- or this year's team and last year's team is the ability to make adjustments at halftime. Ryan Day has done an incredible job of that this year uh, mm-hmm. because the way Wisconsin was moving the ball early on in that game, they had no answer. Right, and so they came out. Of, they came out in the uh, second half and were just able to shut down Jonathan Taylor. His first touchdown was a forty-four yard touchdown. Yeah, the first he ripped that one off the, really quickly up the middle. Yeah, so. It was really one of those games where, or one of those plays that was just like, okay, like this definitely was not what we had expected, but you know, it happened, and there's a reason why Taylor is as good as he is. I mean, he's he's a damn good running back, absolutely. And nobody's gonna take that away from him.
0: Yeah, he really knows how to move. Uh, I was really impressed with. Like you mentioned, Wisconsin in that first half. I'm sitting around at uh, Frickers here in Toledo, mm-hmm. and I'm watching this game, and I'm watching all these Ohio State fans just losing their minds. Oh, yeah. there was They, they th- were freaking out, man. There were over 66,000
1: people in the stadium, and the stadium holds 65. So there wow. was just over 66,000, and it was the second most attended game at Lucas Oil Stadium in its history. And I would say... 66,000 to 45,000 were Buckeye fans and so it got you know it was very hyped up at the beginning but that Mm -hmm. was obviously Wisconsin went down and uh, they moved the ball quickly you know I'm looking at the numbers here Taylor he ended up with I believe yeah 20 carries 148 yards but his only one touchdown was that 45 yard run Mm -hmm. The thing too the bucket set a hard time doing was dealing with Jack Cohn. he was running the ball he had eight carries for 27 yards, but two rushing touchdowns. His as longest as was 14. And so the, Wisconsin is not known to have a running quarterback. No. And he was able to make moves in the red zone, and able to get the, into the end zone to uh, for two tutties. And then Quintez Cephas, their number, uh, number 87 wide receiver, he had seven receptions for 122 yards. He averaged uh, 17.4 yards uh, a catch. Had no mm-hmm. t- they, had no, they had no passing touchdowns throughout this game. Yeah, it was, it was all rushing. Three rushing touchdowns, yeah. Mm-hmm. So two by two by cohen, one by Taylor. And really, you know, they were able to shut those guys down in the second half. Uh mm-hmm. Dobbins came out strong, or Fields, who ended up getting MVP of the Big Ten Championship. He he was nineteen of thirty-one for two ninety-nine with three touchdowns. Dobbins had thirty-three carries, which is his numbers are getting up there carries-wise. He's averaged, you know, the past couple games between thirty and thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he had 33 carries for 172 yards, one touchdown as long as it was, 24. And then Olave, you know, he's been, clutch, he's been Mr. Clutchway this entire, I'd say the second half of the season. He led, he led receiving with five receptions and 94 yards, no receiving touchdowns. But K.J. Hill, Hill had two receiving touchdowns, and so did Jeremy Ruckert, who had a sweet one-handed catch in the far end of the end That was beautiful
0: right yeah. at the beginning of the third quarter, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was really nice. That was in the opposite end of where we were. Um but we could see it on the big screen. It looked really good. And you could tell the tides were turning, too, right at that first drive of the second half. Uh, we went down and scored right away. And then I was looking at the Wisconsin fans behind me. And they kind of started nodding their heads, saying, OK, we've seen this before. We know how mm-hmm. this story ends. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, the story ended the way it usually does for Wisconsin uh, when it comes to the Big Ten championship. They've been there the most out of any Big Ten team.
0: And they've only won, I think, twice. And this yeah. is our third in a row. Yeah, they beat Nebraska. I was actually looking at that earlier. They beat Nebraska seventy to thirty. The one. inaugural one, wasn't it? Uh, that was the first one, I believe. It was the second one okay. um, because Ohio State was ineligible, as was Penn State. It was the two thousand and twelve conference championship. Mm. Um, Wisconsin because, won so, it because
1: Wisconsin Nebraska. That was the original, or that was the first one, I believe. Right? That was,
0: I think, that was okay. Michigan State, Wisconsin. Um, no, because Michigan State's only been
1: once, or because they beat Ohio State in, thir- in 13, I believe that was. Is that the Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde were running, or quarterback and running back.
0: We're going to take a look. I went,
1: I went to that one.
0: The first year that they had the conference championship game was 2011. Mm-hmm. Ohio State was 6 and 6 that year, Michigan was 9 you know, and 3.
1: Yep, yeah, because we had an interim coach.
0: Yep. The... Yep, it was Michigan State-Wisconsin. I knew was, I wasn't okay. crazy. Uh, okay. Michi- so, Wisconsin's won it twice. Yep. Michigan State won it in 2013 13. against yep. Ohio State. They beat us, yep. And Michigan State's actually won it twice. Ohio State has won it the most at four times. Four, yeah. Penn State's won it once.
1: Yep. I guess that's about right, yeah. So, yep, but that's yep, where they, we're uh, at. You
0: know. Haha, I knew that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so the you know, the Buckeyes they started off uh you know, they started off slow. And you know, it was the mm-hmm. same th- kinda of the same story this week as it was against um the previous week. You know, Chase Young was kind of just, you know, out of it. But if, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the picture or not, he was triple teamed. The whole game. It was, yeah, it's incredible. Which left, you know, Malik Harrison, Damon Arnett, Tough Portland, Pete Warner, who's an Indianapolis kid. Uh mm-hmm. those guys were able to fill in those gaps and Chase had one and a half tackles for loss, four solo, six total, Mm -hmm. but sack-wise, Zach Harrison
0: had one, Ja'Sean Cornell had one, and that was it. Yeah, no, the the defense really kicked it up a notch for Ohio State in the second half. Um, 34 unanswered points for the Buckeyes in the second half. They just really took it to Wisconsin. Wisconsin put up a really good fight in that first half, did absolutely nothing in the second half, and... I mean, I know I've said it before, you can't spot a team 14, 21 points and expect to win. But it kind of looks like if you're Ohio State, you can. So <laughs> There's a few teams you can do that with. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Obviously, cool. we won
1: it, and we move on to the next round against Clemson, which we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, but, that's going to that's gonna be really fun. Yeah. And speaking of Clemson, might as well talk about the ACC championship. Yeah. Clemson a weak game thoroughly dominated Virginia. Just... Like embarrassing it made
1: no sense honestly
0: no it really didn't I mean when Virginia is the the best team out of that division that coastal division mm-hmm. I guess that's what you get with a nine and four program but hey I mean Clemson did what they needed to do Trevor Lawrence came out looked pretty good 300 yards four passing touchdowns I mean I there's not really much you can really say about Clemson because they just haven't Anybody. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that frustrates me is, yes, they thoroughly routed Virginia, and I think that's really what kept them at the number three spot. Yeah, so here I pulled up the uh, the coastal division here. It's Virginia,
1: Virginia Tech, Miami Pitt, UNC, Duke, uh, Georgia Tech. Let's oh, be realistic here. That's gross. Well, then even the Atlantic, I mean, it's not much better. It's Clemson, Louisville, Wake, Boston, or excuse me, Boston College, Florida State, Syracuse, NC State.
0: hmm So yeah. Miami, I'm looking at the, the win six. probability. Yeah. Vir- Clemson's worst win probability for this game was at 91.7%. Huh. And that was when they were driving. It looks like, yeah, that's when they were driving. No, that's when Virginia was driving. And then they stopped him, and then it just steamrolled from there by Clemson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Lawrence here, he was 16 of 22 for 302 yards, four touchdowns. Atn had uh, 14 carries for 114 yards, one touchdown. Mm -hmm. Dixon had eight carries for 47 yards, one touchdown. And then Bryce had two carries for eight yards and one touchdown. T. Higgins was Trevor
0: Lawrence's favorite player of the Yeah,
1: nine receptions for 182, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And even Ross, who's been kind of the guy this year, through only three receptions, ninety-four
0: yards, and one touchdown. I was a little surprised. Trevor Lawrence only had sixteen completions, mm-hmm. sixteen of twenty-two, like you mentioned, but he didn't need to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They, ran, know, they ran the ball thirty-eight times. Yeah, when ETN was at averaging ten yards a carry. Yeah, I mean, there's not much you really need to do against no. this Virginia team. Virginia showed signs of life a little bit early. Yeah. They traded touchdowns in the beginning. In the first quarter, you know, Clemson was only up 14-7, but then Clemson just thoroughly dominated the rest of the game, up yeah. 31-7 at halftime, 45-14 at the third, and then obviously 62-17 to finish it out. Right, yeah,
1: looking over here at the numbers for Virginia, 30, or excuse me, 27-43 for Perkins two hundred and sixty-six yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. They threw three picks total in the ballgame. But mm-hmm. rushing wise had 104 yards of rushing. That's definitely
0: not going to get it done against the top team. No, absolutely not. And I it's so frustrating if you're a Virginia fan because let's be honest, you knew coming into this game what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's you know, similar to the Wisconsin second half that you mentioned you know that if you're Virginia, you're hoping to keep this game competitive. Not necessarily that you're going to win, but you hope to make it competitive so that you get a good bowl game. And they couldn't and they even did. do that. What? Well, they did for a quarter. But I mean, I'm saying they got a good bowl game. I mean, sure, but I don't know. Uh, I'm just, ugh, thing. Too, that's one two <laughs> thing Notre Dame fans are upset about now is that Virginia got a better bowl game than, than Notre Dame did. Well, Virginia plays in the conference championship. Notre Dame doesn't. Sorry, Notre Dame. Join a conference. Exactly. Big Ten would love the, to have you. Just saying.
1: The uh, Camping World Bowl <laughs> against Iowa State.
0: That's going to be a fun one. I really I really like that matchup, actually. Um, yes, I mean, not really much there from the ACC. Let's jump to the Pac-12, because you and I were really, really hyping up Utah going into this game. And we were both dead wrong. Oh, my God. I've never been more wrong about anything in my life. No. I was at my... Uh my company Christmas party watching it
1: as I, I called like, I think I t- tuned in I late in the first quarter mm-hmm. and I go, yikes, this is not what we had expected because we, mm-hmm. like we said, we talked about it
0: so much. It was just kind of like, huh? O- okay. Then it's, it's done. Well, and that's, I think for me, that was the thing, you know, Oregon goes up 20, nothing at halftime yep. and everybody's watching this game. Like what is going on? Tyler Huntley had two costly interceptions. Yep. Justin Herbert didn't even look that good. He only had a QBR of 50.4. You know, he only had 14 of 26 for 193 and one touchdown. So Tyler Huntley actually outplayed him, saved the two interceptions. Right. But These, those two interceptions brought
1: that QBR down to 18.9.
0: Yes, it did. And that's and I feel bad for Tyler Huntley. I, I like that kid a lot. I think that he had zero help from his offensive line. That offensive line was like a sieve. Yeah, Everything was, was getting that. through. I don't know. I just, you know, looking looking a little bit closer, Oregon didn't necessarily outplay them on offense. It all was defensive effort. Mm-hmm. You know, they had short field to work with. Why Why not take advantage of it? When Utah is, when Tyler Huntley himself is like, screw it, I'm going to do it myself. The dude had a couple nice runs. You know, Zach Zach Moss for Utah, you know, nineteen carries for 113, zero touchdowns. I just
1: Yeah. It's and frustrating. It really is, because both teams are obviously now eleven and two. Mm-hmm. And you know, Moss had 113 carries, no touchdowns. That's a guy you've got to
0: get in the end zone.
1: Plain and simple. Yeah. And, he uh, uh he did have a receiving
0: touchdown he, yeah in, he did in the fourth quarter yep. but to no avail he led or in he, the third he, quarter sorry he led in receiving as well for with four receptions for 57 yards well and I think that's what's telling uh you look at the offensive line there when Huntley doesn't have time to drop back and make a pass he's gonna have to scramble he scrambled he had the second highest rushing attempt on the team 14 carries for two yards
1: yeah try to get out of the pocket as
0: what what pocket? That was a, Exactly. It was a pocket as, with holes. <laughs> as soon as you got the snap, he was gone. Yeah. And you know, I like I said, I really like Tyler Huntley. I I don't want to say this was on Oregon's offense, like I said. This was definitely more of a defensive effort. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you know, Brady Breeze, he had nine total tackles, six solo, um, couple pass deflections. This team just looked dominant. All the way through. Bryson Young had eight tackles, two solo, one sack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at all of these guys on this defensive side. They had 66 total tackles. And six sacks. That tells us quite a bit about what that defense did. Six and sacks and U- nine tackles for loss. Yeah. And I just, i the, what, what can an offense do against that, right? I mean, you look at the Utah defense, 63 total tackles. One sack, mm-hmm. one it's sack's it's not going to do the anything. The offensive line, yeah, yeah. And you look at—I'm looking at the Oregon defensive side. They had seven more guys with tackles mm-hmm. than Utah did. I think this is something Utah should hopefully learn from. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line was completely outmatched, and we—and we've said it before—they've ridden on the <laughs> coattails of that defense, right? Sure. So hopefully this is something they can short up before their bowl game. Um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, Utah just outmatched in every aspect of this game.
1: Yeah, this is kind of one of those things too where it comes into play, kind of the Oregon name because mm-hmm. they, they're going to have bigger, better. That's just kind of what those schools do, right? And so this that did show here because Utah is young. No, Hutley's what? Uh sophomore i think saw uh, oh he's a senior never mind oh is he a senior okay. i do not think he was around that long yeah i mean I'm... on the year though he threw for just under three thousand yards 18 total touchdowns four picks with a qbr at 84 even he's tied for sixth in college football right um but they're gonna play a seven and five texas team in the alamo bowl that's gonna be fun for them that's a bowl game that's a bowl game i've been to yeah, that's right. We were down in 04 in Ohio State, played Oklahoma State. It was less miles last year at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Zwick was a quarterback for Ohio State because Troy Smith was suspended.
0: That's right. I Man, that's, that's going oh, back 04. a few years. <laughs> yeah, we drove from Plymouth, Indiana, all the way down to San Antonio. Oh, my goodness. Stupid. Talk about a drive.
1: No kidding. Once you get past St. Louis, there's nothing. No, and then absolutely get, not. You get it's into Texas. Texas, and you're like, okay, yeah, we're almost to San Antonio. Only eight hours later, right. we're finally there. <laughs> that's a large, large state. But, but that's such a cool experience oh, for yeah, you guys. Yeah, San Antonio is an incredible city. The, the Alamo Dome is its different. It's old. Definitely old. Because mm-hmm. um, really, they only host the bowl game there. And I think occasionally they'll have an NCAA basketball tournament there. But Yeah, that's, they had that a couple oh, years ago. Yeah, that's really about it, honestly.
0: Mm hmm. Well, let's move on over to the SEC really quick. Yeah. This is the one a lot of people were really keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. LSU, Georgia. LSU did what they needed to do. Yeah, Eric I don't think, I don't think really thing too
1: surprising there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean this one. This one is another. It was another dominant team flexing their muscles on a less dominant team. Frankly, yeah. um, Georgia, I think plays in the weaker side of the SEC. Not to say the SEC is weak. I want to be very clear for any of our listeners, but. They definitely play in the weaker side of the SEC when they don't have to face an Alabama, you know. Playing. Right, yeah, right. looking over there, I mean, there's only two ranked teams in the East, and that's Georgia and Georgia
1: at five and Florida at nine. Then he dropped down to Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know. I think I, I feel bad for Jake from right? The kid's been to this game how many times now? Right, and he just can't win it. Well, that's what my buddy and I were talking about my uh, my buddy Trey uh,
1: down in Florida. He's a huge Georgia fan, and we were talking about. He goes, they're just wasting all these four and five star recruits' talents, and then now and then he looks at Justin Fields going to New York for a Heisman Trophy, and he's like, "What happened?" And mm-hmm. they lose their or their offensive line coach. He takes the head coaching job at Arkansas. So a lot of things really unravel here for UGA this year, uh, but you know, when you come to, when you're going to play somebody when you're going to play the West, I mean it's usually going to be that Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and those guys usually are the more dominant teams. So yeah, absolutely, you know, they've got to do something, but they they get these great recruits, and
0: you yeah, know, just got to develop them better, I guess. I think Joe Burrow won the Heisman with this game, three hundred and forty nine so. yards. Four touchdowns, QBR of eighty-seven point five. His favorite target, Justin Jefferson, who had one hundred fifteen yards and one score, a long of seventy-one yards. I think that was his lone touchdown. Actually, uh, uh, yes. Terrence Marshall Jr. five catches for basically ninety yards, two scores. Joe Burrow spread the ball around. He even had a catch in this game for one one catch for sixteen yeah, yards. Yeah, he did. So I just. I think he won the Heisman because of this performance. One, it was another dominant performance against a top ten opponent. A top five opponent, really. And I think that right now it's his to lose. There's there's no more there's no more games to be played. Everybody who's going to New York is going to New York. I don't his body I, of work.
1: I'm trying to think of like who would be the one it's not Jalen Hurts. He's no. he's not the one. And, you know, it's probably going to be Justin Fields if if anybody's going to give him any competition because they're not going to give it to a defensive player.
0: No. Last time they did that, that player also played offense. So he had to work twice
1: as hard. Exactly. So if anybody's going to chase him down, it probably would be Justin
0: Fields. I would expect Justin Fields to finish second in this voting. And
1: and you look at the numbers, too. Justin Fields only has one interception on the year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been bailed out, too, because, like, LSU, yes, they have a decent running back, but I think Dobbins is... Probably a little bit more elite than LSU's uh, running oh, game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was looking I mean, at fields here on the year numbers wise, just under three thousand yards, forty touchdowns, one interception, which he leads college football there. He's mm-hmm. third in touchdowns and third in QBR at ninety-two point four. So he, I mean, one interception. That number is huge,
0: and that yeah. was like a boneheaded throw too early on in the year. Well, and I was going to say like you look at that as a general rule. His his whole thing on the season. This kid is just lighting up opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not one of those, okay, well, I'm relying more on my defense and we'll do just enough to score. No. Texas A&M 50 to 7, Arkansas 56 to 20, Ole Miss 58 to 37, even Alabama 46 to 41. Like it's not Close low-scoring games; they're just thoroughly dominating everybody, and it's an air raid for them. Right. That's
1: what jo- it is? Joey Burrow here, four thousand seven hundred one or fifteen yards, second in college football. He has forty-eight touchdowns. He ranks first, tied for thirtieth in interceptions at six, mm-hmm. and a QBR of ninety-three point seven. Uh, ranked number two. Yeah. Let me look at Jake Fromm here for. Cause let's see what he's looking, You know, we've been talking about him a little bit. Yeah. Let's see what where he ranks and his numbers on the year. Two thousand six hundred ten yards, twenty-two touchdowns, five picks, a QBR of seventy-five point one.
0: So those numbers are down,
1: honestly. Yeah, it's not bad, but when you look at the yardage wise, it's almost a thousand yard,
0: you know, one thousand five hundred yards more. But Burrow has. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I've always liked Jake Fromm. You know, I like this kid. You know, hopefully, I is he going to go pro? Have we heard anything on that yet? Because I, I, I don't think he should. I think he should play one more year, you know, let these think, other guys go. He's a junior, yeah. but Yeah.
1: But you got to look at it, too. Cause, Big contract. His stock, yeah. And then his stock is probably not going to be any higher than it is right now because you don't want to end up like a uh, Justin Herbert, you know? Right. That's fair. That's fair. So, because you know, obviously Georgia went down this year. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's it's going to take to get them back up. So I mean, you might as well just go right now and your stock, is as high as it is, he has a junior. He's six two, two twenty. He has a prototypical, prototypical build, I would think, for a quarterback who may be taken, you know, second, third round. Uh, you know, start as a backup and work his way, cause he can throw the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: never been a question. But you know, this quarterback class is not that deep this year. No, and it really so, isn't. It? And It's not really that deep next year either. When you really think about it because yeah, you think it's a little
0: they, thin all around for a couple years, which yeah. is which isn't necessarily a bad thing. We've had we've been blessed with some good QB classes in the NFL the last yeah. few years.
1: So I'd say this year is probably a big offensive line, big defensive line, and mm-hmm. and you know probably those two areas are probably the most heaviest uh, in this coming draft. But yeah, I think Fromm he'll probably end up going depending mm-hmm. too on how they do the bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. But the other game was kind of interesting too. We had to watch was Memphis Cincinnati.
0: Memphis-Cincinnati was a big one. Uh, just really quick, I do want to touch – I mean, we can just go over the score real quick. Baylor-Oklahoma for the last oh, of the yeah, Power yep, Fives. Yep. Oklahoma, I think we kind of all expected it. We weren't expecting it to be this close.
1: No, overtime, right? Yeah, overtime, 30-23 yeah. to
0: 23 in favor yeah. of Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts, 287, one touchdown. He did not look that sharp in this game. No, he did I watched this at work, and he was not – I mean, he was—he, you know, he had 17 of 24, of course, but he just did not look on point. And I didn't get to watch it,
1: but did Brewer get hurt? Bre- yes. Yeah, so 30, okay, because they play. I see they played three quarterbacks here. Yeah. He was three of six for 15 yards, and then Zeno uh, was. You know, I don't know how he did manage
0: this, but two of six for 159 yards. I, I. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I didn't get to see that portion Oh, um, they had a what was it? Um Tristan Ebner had an eighty one yard touchdown catch mm-hmm. from Zeno. Okay. And then Zeno had another bomb throw.
1: Oh, so seventy nine yards. Or yeah. seventy eight yards, yeah, okay.
0: So huh. but the rest of it, yeah, just Interesting. Yeah I kind of felt like Baylor was in trouble in the second half after all those injuries started mounting, especially mm-hmm. the quarterbacks. But their defense helped. Their defense played really sharp, especially down the stretch, helped them get back into the game, forced overtime, and then obviously Oklahoma yeah, they had, they won it
1: out. Baylor had 84 total tackles, 42 solo, three sacks, and eight tackles for loss. So, yeah, and then one, uh, one interception as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, defensively they held strong, but I think it just kind of came down to the experience and the power of, of Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, Oklahoma just looked it was really C- good. C.D. Lamb had himself a day, though. Yeah, he did. He Eight went up Eight receptions for 173. Mm-hmm. No touchdowns.
0: No scores. Um no. But when you've got the run game doing its job, I guess you don't need him to do too no. much scoring. And, then no. in fact, I think because he was covered, um, he and Kennedy Brooks like they were both covered pretty heavily this game it opened up the ground for Kennedy Brooks to run but then for you know Jalen Hurts to do a little bit of feet magic all all that stuff I just think they looked really good on the ground as well 146 total rushing yards and two scores um, through the air 287 and one score so Jalen Hurts did have a fumble he, did, and he yeah. lost it that that hurt him a little bit I think Baylor scored right off of that play.
1: Uh, yes, they did So
0: yeah, I don't know Oklahoma they won it kind of like we expected. It's hard to win a football game when you're down to your third string quarterback. That's tough yeah, but the defense of that Baylor defense I'm I'm impressed by them. I wasn't impressed before. I'm impressed now they held big on a big stage couldn't hold long enough but mm-hmm. I, I think they played really well. so hats off to you Baylor.
1: yeah and it's you know it's something positive too. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, with their, their young squad, obviously mm-hmm. they went, the program went through what they did a couple years ago and it's taken coach rule a couple, you know, a season to kind of see, probably two seasons essentially to get back to elite status. So the only way they can go is up from here.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, even if they have a year next year of nine and three or eight and four, that's not a bad year. Re- Baylor shouldn't have been at 11 and two to finish the regular season. That shouldn't have been a thing. They definitely exceeded expectations. Next year, Baylor set those high expectations, a hundred percent. But mm-hmm. don't be surprised if you don't reach those. Be don't don't be upset with an eight and four, nine and three season, because you're just building momentum for the future and to rebuild this program. Sure. And you know they're they're going to get that that recognition now. Mm-hmm. You know, with Rule being a good
1: coach. Yep. And as Brewer, he's got to be a senior by this point. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, let me look here. Yeah, oh, he's a junior actually. Is he so a redshirt he, junior? He, uh, it just says junior. Okay, but either okay. way, you year of eligibility left, and you
0: never yep. know. So, well, we could be talking about Baylor maybe making the playoffs next year. Absolutely. I guess we'll find out a year from now. <laughs> absolutely. <But> yeah, <laughs> Cincinnati, Memphis, Memphis. Yeah, yeah, this one was kind uh, of disheartening. ACC, or AAC rather. Yeah, this one was disheartening a little bit. Uh, I know that you were really high on Luke Fickle, Mm -hmm. and I I was with you, or I wasn't with you on the podcast when Mm -hmm. we tweeted out our predictions. I I changed mine. I went with Cincinnati with you as well. Uh, By the way, we went 7-3 on our picks for um, championship weekend, so hats off to us. Not mad about that. Uh, Utah kind of screwed us, Mm -hmm. and I think um, Cincinnati screwed us, and I want to say Central Michigan screwed us. I had Miami Um, in that. I think I picked Central just because I wanted them to win. But, yeah, yeah so I think I—that's it, that's what it was. Huh. I picked Central for my pick, and I went with Cincinnati for your pick, and we just should have flipped it. That we should but, have. Uh, it's all right. So Cincinnati made this real close to the end, actually kicked the field goal to take the lead, and then Memphis did Memphis things. Yeah, and then they lost their coach immediately after. Yes, they did. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah. Sorry, Memphis. Well, we all knew he was going to see it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know what? It's uh, Mike Norville, Norville went to where did he go? Yeah, that's right. Um, And, you know, Ryan Silverfield has has it lined up for success. This Memphis team is very well coached. They play really good football. You know, they've knocked off you UCF. They knocked off now twice ranked Cincinnati.
1: And back, and back has to back to Good too. squad underneath him. Yeah.
0: And that's hard to do. Especially when you have to do it twice in the same season. And and consistent, you know, like you said, back to back weeks. I think we've talked about that before. So difficult to beat a team twice. And they just they came out, they knew what they wanted to do. They found some adjustments to make from the previous week. They buttoned it down a little bit more on defense. Offense wasn't as prolific, but brady white looked pretty solid 18 of 40 for well less than solid i should say mediocre um yeah so, and i think the one uh, thing too that was huge for memphis in this
1: ball game is that it was a home game i really think you because yeah. it's the only conference that doesn't have a neutral field so right it's kind of, one of those things where okay they're gonna have more tickets they're gonna have more people there and obviously cincinnati mm-hmm. is not that far for drive but you know, it's just that home atmosphere. You know, you, you don't have to get on a bus or a plane. You use your own locker rooms and things like that because that was the issue Wisconsin had during this week is they were the te- technically the home team. And so they had more tickets to sell. Well, they didn't sell all of theirs. So they gave them back. And then Buckeye fans bought the rest of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of, I think, the disadvantage for Wisconsin, but it was kind of also what hurt Cincinnati having to do a uh, Memphis back to back weeks.
0: Well, and yeah, like, I mean, you mentioned Memphis to Cincinnati isn't really that far of a drive, but if you really look at it, I'm pulling it up here real quick. Memphis to Cincinnati is a five and a half hour drive, or sorry, a seven hour drive.
1: Yeah, that's still reasonable.
0: Yeah, it's still reasonable, but it's, it's, it's a hike. Mm -hmm. That's not, excuse me, that's not one of those, hey, you know, two hours and we're there. No, that's you have to really plan around that, and I think Cincinnati fans, after watching them lose the week before, may be a little disheartened by it. Mm-hmm. You know, had Cincinnati won that game the week before, I think you maybe see a few more fans there. Sure, but I don't know, because because I think there would be more more on the line for him. You know, that New Year's well, it would have been the New Year's Six Bowl for him anyway. Uh, Boise State was right there. Yeah. I don't know, so maybe I don't know Cincinnati. Hats off to you. You guys came out. You guys put in a valiant effort. Just couldn't do enough at the end there um, on defense specifically. But uh, it was a good game. I I watched most of that game, at least most of the the big plays of Mm -hmm. that game. Um, Antonio Gibson was the clutch player for Memphis, catching that touchdown from Brady White with just over a minute left. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was – that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to watch a whole lot. The only one I was really able to watch was Oregon and Utah because uh, we mm-hmm. started tailgating out in Indy around noon, and uh, we caught the our neighbors are uh, tailgating next to us. They had their TV, and uh, they were able to watch a little bit of the uh, Georgia LSU game before we went in, and that's gotcha. really the only game I got to watch because we didn't get out of downtown Indy till about mm-hmm. one o'clock. Got gotcha. that morning okay. or Sunday morning, really. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, anyway, I didn't get to see a whole lot. But I did see some highlights. And it was just kind of one of those things that we mentioned. You know, Cincinnati's good, but for some reason, uh, Memphis is this year. They're just on a different level. And you know, now who knows what's going to happen? It's so funny too because the coach at Ball State when I was there, Pete Limbo, he is on the Memphis staff. He is the uh, assistant coach and special teams coordinator, I believe. Gotcha. Because he went from uh, Ball State to Maryland, Maryland to Rice, Rice to memphis and so you know he might be one of those guys you know in running for that position the reason Mm -hmm. he left ball state was because they didn't have the most adequate facilities uh they probably well not probably they do have the worst facilities in the mac that's you know without question uh Mm -hmm. but that's one of the reasons why he left he went to maryland for a year or two and then rice for a year and like i said memphis after that and you know, he might be one of those guys in the running for that job because he does have the head coaching experience and he's in-house as well.
0: Interesting. That's a fun little history bit Super, for you, Super nice guy. Football history. Super nice guy. Guys I interviewed
1: him for a project one time. Oh, and that's awesome. of course, like when you're into college, as you know, you can just put anybody's name and their email address will come up. And mm-hmm. so I, I was doing a report. I can't remember what class it was for but it was on concussions and i do a presentation about it and so i just typed it you know pete limbo into my you my search on my email and it came up i go oh what the hell well, let's shoot him an email see what we can come up with and maybe a day later he goes hey aj not a problem what's uh practice ends at five o'clock you meet me in the lobby at 6 30 and we'll and we'll talk and so that's awesome and then i got a couple picture taken with him before super super nice guy we really hated to see him go because he did have mm-hmm. ball state on the up and up there in 2013, we won like 10 games. and wow. so Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. I remember that season. Yeah.
1: So with uh, Keith Wenning, Jonathan Newsom, Willie Sneed, uh, mm-hmm. Jawan Edwards. You guys had a lot of great yeah, players, though. That was a really good squad. And Willie's the only guy in the league right now yep. from that squad. Because Newsom, he was drafted by the Colts and then got busted with a little sticky, icky, icky. And then they got kicked <laughs> off. And then New- or, uh, Keith Wenning. He played for the Giants and then Cincinnati, and then was cut. Oh, he was drafted by Baltimore. Then from Baltimore, the New York Giants, and then the Giants to Cincinnati. And then he's a home. He's a Ohio kid. He's from uh, Coldwater, Ohio. That's where it is. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's up near near here. Yeah, and uh, it's not too far from Fort Wayne either. It's a straight shot from here. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was with Cincinnati for a year and then got cut and then kind of you know fell off the table there. But yeah, that was a good squad we had in thirteen.
0: Well, since we're on them, let's talk about the MAC championship. So, uh, this one I watched in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And all 25 people in the crowd? Yeah, hey, there were 32, oh, there 32. people. <laughs> Give them a break. Um, <laughs> no, Miami came up. They, they brought a huge contingent of fans. I was pretty impressed with that. I think it's because they knew they were kind of the favorites going into this mm-hmm. one. Um, Central Michigan, a lot of fans there. I mean, it's just right down the road from Mount Pleasant. Sure. Miami came out. They looked really, really sharp, mm-hmm. and then Central, Central stormed back right before halftime, and then Central maintained a fourteen nothing lead through halftime, and then the third quarter, right at the beginning, pretty much. Yeah. Miami just said, "All right, this is our game." Right. I didn't it. get to watch it. This is that's this
1: is the only game, only other game I wanted to watch, but mm-hmm. was unable to. And uh, Brett Gabbert
0: had a huge touchdown. Yeah, he's the only freshman um, too, isn't to, he? Uh, Brett Gabbert, yeah, yeah I want to say he's, he's a freshman. freshman or sophomore. Yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah he's a freshman. Uh, but Brett Gabbert had this huge 31-yard touchdown pass in the third quarter. that That's one I was just talking about to Jack Sorensen, and that really kind of changed the tide of the mm-hmm. game a little bit. Central charged back, and they charged back hard. They went down, they scored right in the last minute, uh, made it 21-23, or uh, sorry, yeah, made it 21-23. Miami goes down, kicks a field goal late. Central almost got it down. They were down like, I want to say they were like 30 yards from the end zone. They threw a Hail Mary mm. towards the end and it tipped off the central player's hands in the end zone to a Miami defender. Mm-hmm. And and that sealed the game, yeah. but I'm looking that, at the numbers that here. That was a nail biter c- Central
1: threw the ball 43 times mean, mm-hmm. 27 of 43 total with one pick, one touchdown. But, I mean, rushing-wise, they had 99 yards on the ground between one, two, three, four, five, six running backs.
0: Yeah. But, see, the it thing that was, hurt Miami was Ohio was they stupid. had three
1: guys in the negative rushing yards also. the Three guys, one negative four, negative 10, negative 12.
0: So that brought those yeah. numbers down drastically. Mm-hmm. I don't I want to see Miami do well since they are now representing our conference mm-hmm. from you know for for the remainder of the season you know they're the conference champions they're holding that flag they're carrying that banner for us if you will, but I just really like this central offense and I don't really have a reason why i i think it's just a really balanced offense mm-hmm. i don't I don't want to say that it's Overly dominant in one spa- aspect or the other. Obviously, the passing is going to be more dominant than anything. But it's just so balanced all across the board. You know, you look at, I'm, just, you know, Quentin Dormady. He, he's just smart with the football. Sure, they had to throw 41 times, but he still had better than 50% completion percentage. Right. Like, he just looked doing it, looked good doing it on the, in this game. And they just came up a little short at the yeah. end. And I totally
1: forgot to Jim McElwain was their coach.
0: Yes. He took, he, last, he really took a
1: downfall. Didn't he?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's gross to see. Right. He was floored. <laughs> well, and right? I, I think, well, in central hat, they went one in 11 last year. Mm-hmm. So they, they rebounded hard. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at the, the stadium numbers, 22,427 people were there. Hmm. So, that's one of the bigger MAC championships we've seen. Yeah. Um, I want to say Toledo-Akron a couple years ago had 26,000. But Toledo was right down the road. So, you know, I'm, 45 minutes. And I'm, in sure, in I'm
1: sure probably Northern Illinois holds the record when they had... Oh, easily. Well, when they had... Uh, I can never think of that kid's name. It was a Heisman finalist. Uh, Jordan... Uh, Oh dang it, Jordan! Uh, I can't think of his name now, but yeah, that mm-hmm. era when they had Jordan, Lynch. Jordan Lynch. Yeah, I I, I I saw him play, and he was an absolute monster.
0: Yeah, no, Jordan Lynch is amazing. I believe the Bears picked
1: him up to be a running back. Oh, that didn't last very long.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah, no, I, Jordan Lynch was cool to watch. He was he was electric. I remember being a student at Toledo when he was playing. Mm-hmm. And he came over, and, I mean, we're jawing with the Northern Illinois fans because – and you've been to the Glass Bowl, so you know the student section is right there, yeah. right behind the goal line. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, you know, we're we're screaming expletives at these Northern Illinois players, and, you know, we're, we're saying things that my mother would not be proud to hear me say. Exactly. And, um, and he's just coming over, and he's like, come on, come on, let me hear it some more. And so then every time that he scored – I, I feel like he did this on purpose, and he probably didn't. But every time he scored on our end zone, he never passed the ball. No, he ran it in just so he could run by the student section. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And it's it just oh, it was the best. I I love that's that's one of the things I love about maction, right? Is because your sections are right there, and for me that was that was a cool experience. We ended up losing that game. Um, Toledo did, but that was that was one of those things. Yeah, you hate to see it, but the kid—I mean, the kid played—he played some good ball. He did absolutely, and uh, you can't fault him for being a little cocky there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jordan Lynch was a monster. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So yeah, we obviously clinched up there. talking about the MAC there. Really, you know, Boise State got a win. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of expected there. Florida Atlantic Florida took Atlanta. the win.
0: I think we expected that one too. And then again,
1: they lost their court coach as well. Yep. Uh, Appalachian by St- Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Appalachian State, you know they 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 squeaked one out there by six points. Yep. Uh, and seven they points. lost their coach too. Yeah.
0: I mean, th- there's there's a lot of guys who just disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, ap- he went to Missouri. Yes. Um, Drinkwitz, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, he went after one year with App State. I just mind blowing. Yeah. So I feel bad for the recruits really more than anything. Um, not not that. You know, what he did is wrong. I know he's doing it for his family or whatever. And, you know, he's he's chasing the money because that's what those coaches do. But I feel bad for those recruits. You you spend all year. You're recruiting. You're having these kids come in to visit. Oh, yeah, you know, we're excited to have you with the program next year. And now you're gone. Right. So you just potentially hurt that recruiting class. You know, even if you stay two years, like – And, you know, it's I don't know if it's
1: that big of a deal when it comes to those bigger schools because – they're always going to get somebody, you know, a good coach in there. And I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say you can put Appalachian State in that category, too, where they've always been consistent. They're always going to get 10 wins, and mm-hmm. they're always going to be in the conference playoff or the conference tournament. And so, yep. really, you know, there's a few schools you can talk about that, the Akron's of the world. You know, they got a head coach, the new coach, they went 0-10 or 0-12, whatever it was this year. Um, And, you know, programs like that to where I think that makes a bigger impact – but when you get to the Power 5 conferences, those Power 5 schools, it may make some, but I don't think it's going to affect, you know, because kids are dying to go into those schools. So if, yeah, that kid, if there's one kid leaves, okay, there's going to be another kid who's ready to go. That's a spot for me,
0: right? Um, yeah, I mean, that wraps it up for the playoffs or the conference championships. Nothing really unexpected save Central Michigan-Miami, uh, at least for uh, from my side. You know, I picked CMU, you picked Miami. But I think... You know, that kind of wraps that up for that. You wanted to briefly discuss bowl game sponsors. We could just do a whole episode on this. We don't have to do this tonight. We
1: really could. Yeah, the one, though, that caught my eye, I tweeted this out the other day, was the Tony the Tiger Bowl. I, I did not see that. Very excited no. about that.
0: <laughs> That's uh. got to love a cereal-branded mm-hmm. bowl.
1: And then Cheez-It Bowl. It's funny because Pat McAfee is the face of that this year. Is he really? He is.
0: Oh, I love Pat McAfee for the brand. Oh,
1: yeah. I've seen his stand-up comedy a few
0: times. He's so funny. Yeah, he and, the... like, I love it when he tweets out stuff. Yeah. Because he's always just like, hey, what's up, guys? And, like, everybody, like, freaks out. Oh, my gosh, it's Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. I love his uh, his old punting swagger videos. Mm-hmm. Like, he hits a guy, and then he just walks off just like, look at how great right. I am. And it's like, dude, you just wrecked that guy like a defensive back. Yeah. Like, calm down. <laughs> like, I love it. He's he's one of my favorite Former NFL players, just because of the swagger. Yeah,
1: and you, know, his his shows here live. He came to Ball State when I was there, and it's it was kind of the
0: same thing. Okay, that's awesome. I I would love to meet him in person. I'd love to get him on this mm-hmm. show. I guess that's uh, let's try to make that happen. Right. Um, right. I would absolutely love to get him on the show and just talk about you know his career and that transition from college to the NFL and just. I don't know, just have him uh, on for an hour. I think that'd be He great.
1: retweeted and tweeted my brother when we were in college. Because on graduation day, my brother did the Stone Cold with two beers, you know? Mm-hmm. And he did yeah. that and then poured it down his face over his robe. And then he tweeted it to McAfee and he retweeted it saying, Cheers, boss, or something like oh, that. Oh, so, Oh, yeah. That's,
0: that's cool. So we just got to do something a little bit ridiculous. To get Pat McAfee's attention. All right, good to know. Um... All right, I guess let's uh, let's take a quick look at some of these coaching moves. We talked about a few of them briefly, but let's look at. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that have made some moves. Chris Peterson's retiring from Washington after the bowl game. Yeah, that's an interesting um, Char- one. Yeah, I was kind of surprised with that one. Honestly, um, he's had a hell of a career. But yeah, he in, essentially turned college uh,
1: football. Would you stay around? Yeah, he made them what they are. Yeah. So really, the only schools that don't have a coach as of now are Boston College, New Mexico. Oh, they fired. Oh, Bob Davy. I'm assuming he kind of retired slash resigned. Yeah, yeah, he was I'm out sure this year health wise. That? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was two. They were two and ten this year. Then Fresno State, and that's really the only uh, teams that don't have a job or
0: teams that don't have a coach. Greg Schiano coming back to Rutgers mm-hmm. kind of shocked me when I saw that. Ooh, Charlie Strong was out at UCF, or USF. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. Interesting. Yeah, Jeff Scott's taking over down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. With yeah, uh, just a lot of moves going yeah. on in this offseason. Well, like a
1: lot of guys I've never heard of too taking over. Yeah. You know, obviously, I've heard of Lane Kiffin. I've heard mm-hmm. of Shiano. Uh, Mike Norvell. Uh, yeah.
0: Willie, Willie, Taggart. Willie
1: Taggart. Oh, he took Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Okay. Well, they have two coaches there: Glenn Spencer and Willie Taggart.
0: Looks like Glenn Spencer is just doing the bowl game. Okay. Like oh, Taggart's I see be the up there. Okay. Take over, yeah.
1: Hmm. So he doesn't have to move very far. No, not. And at I know all. the Colorado <laughs> State job was a hot to- a hot topic this year too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I... Uh, yeah. Boston
1: College's uh, bowl coach. He uh, he took that job already. Mm-hmm. So. huh.
0: Yeah, a lot of big moves. A lot of like you said, names we don't really know, but. Hey, maybe these are the coordinators who are the up and coming guys that sure. we're gonna be talking about in a year. Like, look at how great, you know, these guys are, whatever. So that'll be that'll be fun to kind of watch develop a little yeah. bit. Uh I do want to talk about division three college football yeah. for a second. So as some of our listeners may know, I went to Ohio Northern for part of my undergraduate time and Ohio Northern it plays in the Ohio Athletic Conference, uh in division three college football biggest rival and not really a rival we just really hated them was mount union and the absolute dynasty that they put together Mm -hmm. for however long they had that together right they won as of right now they have 30 conference championships they won their first ohio athletic conference championship in 1985 Mm -hmm. beginning in or beginning in 1992 they won twenty four straight conference championships, and in that time period, lost two conference games.
1: Probably, yeah, two conference games. Probably to, uh, was Wabash one of them? Wabash is not an OAC. No not OAC. Okay, they play them in the playoffs. Right. I have friends who played for Wabash. Okay. So I know that pretty well. Because
0: um, my favorite one is the two thousand and five upset. Yep. The Ohio Northern upset them, and they upset them big too. It was it wasn't anything small. It was like forty two to like twenty something or something. Like that, yeah, it was it was pretty big, and it snapped their like hundred and ten game win streak. Yeah. It was it was stupid, um, regular season win streak or something. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring up Mount Union is Mount Union has played in a crazy amount of national championships over the last several usually years usually against wisconsin whitewater usually against wisconsin whitewater they will miss the national championship this year okay. they got upset in the playoffs uh who did they just lose to i just saw it um i just had it pulled up well forgive me um <laughs> it disappeared on me oh there it is sorry it's loading But they lost this last week in the semifinals, or quarterfinals, and they lost to, nope, it was the second round, not even the quarterfinals. They lost to North Central Illinois, who, back when I was at Ohio Northern, Ohio Northern lost to in the Mm -hmm. playoffs in the second round, so I thought that was kind of interesting. But the reason I really want to talk about them is this will be their first time missing the playoffs, or missing the national championship since 2016. But only their second or third time since 2000. Yeah, missing the national championship. What's
1: incredible? I'm looking at their numbers right now throughout the year. They've averaged like 60 points a game. 66, 14, 45, 7, 37, 14, 58, nothing, 63, 6, 66, nothing, 26, 0, 63, 24, 51, 3, 69, 7, 65, 14, then lost 59 to 52. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they,
0: they've got a crazy offense and a defense that can back them up. The defense just didn't do enough in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I'm going to look at some numbers here for that. Uh, of course, they, their website's not as thorough, you know. But, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of points to be scored. But oh yeah, here we go. Mountain Union, here we go. Numbers. Mount Union threw the ball for four or five hundred forty-nine yards. They ran for 100, 149. hundred forty-nine, three turnovers. That's what killed them. And then North Central Illinois, uh, they threw for five twenty-two, rushed for hundred seventy-seven with only one turnover, and they had the ball yeah. nearly five or just over ten or just over ten minutes longer than Mount Union did as well.
0: At, at yeah, thirty-five they minutes. And Mount pretty at
1: Twenty-four or at essentially twenty-five minutes.
0: Well, and that's that's what you want to do when you play Mountain Union. And as somebody who went to Ohio Northern who watched them for a couple years, that's your whole goal. Is was well, that game you don't want to, in Alliance too? Uh, I'm sure it probably was because wow. they were a, they were the higher, higher seed. seed yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I'm sure it probably was. Wow. But yeah, so the I don't want to say the is over there. I mean, they'll be no, back no, next year, no, win another conference championship, go to the playoffs, same old, same old. Same old. Much. But you don't see them lose very often no. That when it's not the college football no. Stag- championship. The Stag Bowl? <laughs> yeah, the Stag Bowl, which they moved that location. It's no longer in Salem, Virginia anymore. It is now in Shenandoah, Texas. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That was the first year Was it was played there was last yeah, year. Yeah, okay.
1: So. Very cool. I didn't realize
0: that. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I uh, like I said, I just wanted to talk sure. about that really quick. Um, but... Uh, did, was there anything else you wanted to add today before I introduce this uh, surprise thing that we're going to do for everybody?
1: Yeah, I mean, we covered a lot, so yeah, let's jump into the surprise thing.
0: All right, well, I didn't tell you this. I spoke with our overlords at ATB Sports. I said, hey, I want to do a bowl challenge. So ATB is going to be, or sorry, across the campus is going to be doing a bowl pick'em challenge. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a place for everybody to to enter. Um. It'll be a private, not a private group, it'll be a public group. We'll have it available for everybody. No password, nothing. Just get your entries in. There are nine days till the bowl games. We're going to be announcing the winner, and you'll be getting a prize. I think we're going to be trying to do t-shirts. Okay. So we're going to be awarding one lucky winner a prize. AJ, you are obviously, of course, allowed to enter. This Fantastic. is uh, where you get to prove that you are better than the Beard Brothers, AJ, Absolutely. which we already know. We'll get but into those
1: guys here in a little bit.
0: That's fine. But uh yeah, so this is this is something I wanted to do and I'm opening it up to all of our listeners, all of our followers whoever. We're doing a Capital One Bull Mania Pick 'em challenge. So, cool. I will be posting that link on our Twitter and on the across the board Facebook page. Good deal. Getting that out there, letting everybody have the opportunity to see if they can take us down. Yeah, sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. So, all right. I I know I know you want to say it. Let's talk about the Beard Brothers. Man, they came in aggressive the other day on their podcast.
1: You were the one you sent me the link, and yeah, they, were. Uh,
0: they were a little bit. Uh, I just fast. Feisty. I just
1: fast forward all through all the other other crap because it's pointless. So I fast forward <laughs> to the final three minutes, and there's some expletives. Jeez, a, a few choice words. There were, were we and so to. I they finally tweeted me back, and I took a That's screenshot nice of the tweet I sent them now seven days ago, and I uh, they had said I. Uh, that is, I can't remember what they said now that I look at it. I'll just pull it up here. But it was something about, oh, now that you finally accepted our request, we see the, we see the tweet, which is a lie. Because I, mm-hmm. I followed them last week. I think I followed even over Thanksgiving, so it's been almost two weeks now. Because this is when the, all this started.
0: So It's okay. Their beards get in the way they of their do. ability to function. So, I mean, they can have these beautiful beards. You know, they can talk about my as they called it, mossy growth. And you're, you're very, very manly beard.
1: I I appreciate that. And yeah, I'm going through like pretty much our Twitter exchanges involved, just involved awesome gifts of Mm -hmm. the rock. And there's one here, Brad Pitt saying, here we go. I sent that one. Uh, But yeah, they, I don't know. They came out aggressive and I'm cool with that. They want to go, let's go. I'm down for, you know, I'm down to clown. We, uh, they want to talk. Well, let's back it up.
0: All right. I uh, I I think Dylan and I have talked about having a AJ versus AJ battle show where Dylan and I sit there and ask the other AJ questions.
1: I'm fine with that. And so, I guarantee I mean, you, my fa- I, that I you my fantasy
0: top. team is better than theirs too. Ooh, I guarantee a little a smack talk. I like it. I like Please. it. Um, I mean, D- you know, Dylan. You know, he sits over here and he. Steals from the poor to give to Himself so exactly you know he's He's kind of a communist and hey, you know so. It's
1: Yeah do what you can I guess to, to Squeak by I suppose yeah.
0: but you know, who knows but nice If they were if they were if they keep coming, Says his his winds are nice and Tight very, that's oh, what he yeah. says
1: that's his Whole thing <laughs> if they want to keep Coming after me that's fine I'm, I'm Totally cool with that we'll uh, we'll Sell it one way or another I have no I'm not scared
0: I mean and you shouldn't be. Exactly. I mean, that that AJ he's a nice guy but and he's big and he's tall and he's got a nice beard but that's about it. That's I feel like he's in got a, going for him. I, I feel like in a straight up one-on-one fight you'd take him. So yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, there would be two hits me hitting him him hitting the floor. So I'm, I'm not exactly. too worried about it. Exactly. Well, and that's and that's what I tried to tell Dylan and uh, and he tried to be, "Oh, if you uh you want to get to my AJ, you got to go through me." <laughs> Dylan, you have two kids, you're tired. Going through you is not going to be any, any
1: right, Exactly. Problem.
0: So, but all right, man. So, uh, that is our continued rivalry with the beard brothers. Absolutely. Call it that. We know that we're better. So, um, but anyway, so, uh, AJ, I think that's going to do it for us. Sounds good, man. It was a good one today. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our Facebook page across the board sports for articles, podcasts, and more. And also we'll we'll tease
1: this too. You said you've got a good one coming out here tomorrow about the college playoffs. So we'll tease that a little bit. Uh, Keep an eye out
0: for that. Should be a good read. Yeah, I'm excited to get that out to get that into everybody's hands. Just my thoughts on how they should restructure the playoffs. So that'll be that'll be exciting. You can check that out on the Facebook page tomorrow as well. Um, please check us out on Twitter at ATB Sports Net and then follow our podcast link, ATB Sports Pod. Follow us on Twitter as well at Across the Campus. Uh, if you do want that fantasy football advice, all jokes aside, the, the Beard Brothers—they really know their stuff. Um, those guys have. Done a lot of research, a lot of fact checking, stat checking. They really know what they're talking about. So make sure you check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where you can follow them, pros, So, yeah, AJ,
1: go do it. Thank Thank so I appreciate you. it. Absolutely. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you.